chapter number 11 if you'll stand with us this morning and while you're turning i want to thank god for the good revival meeting we had this week and we just praise the lord the preaching was great and the singing was good and we thank the lord for everybody from the church appreciate you being here and praying for the meeting and uh, i tell you i feel like god gave the church a touch of revival amen and we had a soul saved this week and so we just praise god for that appreciate uh, his goodness and we need revival these days amen and so we're going to look at luke chapter number 11 this morning luke chapter number 11 and we'll begin our reading in verse number one the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a uh, will will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Let's bow for prayer this morning. Our heavenly Father, God, as we bow in Your presence this morning. Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, we do come with, in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you this morning to give us liberty. I pray that you would touch us this morning. Do the work that needs to be done. Save the sinner that's nearest hell. Reclaim the backslider, and we'll thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on the school of prayer. The school of prayer. Notice the Bible said in verse number 1, And it came to pass that is, he was praying in a certain place. I want you to notice the practice of prayer here in this verse. The Bible said that it came to pass that as he, talking about Jesus, was praying in a certain place. Now Jesus had a certain place that he prayed in. Everywhere he went, he may have had not a place to lay his head and he may not have had a place to do a lot of things, but he always had a place of prayer. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 says in rising up a great while before day, he went out into a solitary place and there he prayed. 
pray. Uh, Jesus found a secret place and he turned that secret place into a sovereign place as he began to pray. Uh, and so we see the practice of prayer. If Jesus saw it necessary to pray, how much more should you and I see it necessary to pray? And prayer to our Savior was not only out of a, a sure need, but it was out of a desire. He had a hunger. He had a desire uh, to want to communicate and talk with his heavenly Father. We see the practice of prayer. And then we see the plea of prayer. Notice what he said, in, or what the disciples said in verse number 1. The Bible said that when it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, that when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Amen? And so there is a hunger. There's a desire. There's a plea here as they cry out to Jesus. They said, Lord, we don't want to learn how to preach and we don't want to learn how to perform miracles and we don't want to learn how to do a lot of other things in the ministry but we do want to learn how to pray. Amen? I'm telling you these disciples here saw it necessary to enroll themselves in the school of prayer. And can I tell you this morning, every one of us needs to enroll ourselves in the school of prayer. I've never prayed too much. I've never learned enough about prayer. There's avenues of prayer this morning. There's resources of prayer that we've not tapped into. And you and I need to be a student in the school of prayer all the days of our life. Amen. And I see the practice of prayer. And then I see the plea of prayer this morning. And then I see the performance of prayer. Notice these disciples said this. They said as John also taught his disciples. Amen. You see what the disciples saw was they saw prayer performed in the life of John's disciples. You said Brother Gravely what are you saying? I'm saying your prayer life will influence somebody else's prayer life. The fact that John was able to teach his disciples. The disciples knew this. That if John could teach his disciples how to pray how much more could Jesus teach his disciples how to pray? And there was a desire. There was a hunger. There was an ambition to learn about prayer this morning. You know what the real question in this sermon this morning is before all of us? It is a question that I cannot see the answer to. As a whole, neither can you. And as I preach this sermon this morning, if the Holy Spirit of God who knows all things is interested in any one thing in this sermon, it would be what I'm about to say to you this morning. He's interested in how many people sitting in this church are really interested in prayer. As I preach this morning, I wonder how many people this morning will think about their week or think about their schedule or think about where they're going to eat or think about their day or will think about anything other than prayer. It's a subject we've heard so much. It's been preached more in practice less than any subject in all the Word of God. There's books written on prayer. There's biographies about men of prayer. But the bottom line, the question this morning before me and before you is that the Holy Spirit is interested in is how interested am I in prayer? Don't let the familiarity of what I'm preaching on uh, drive you away from the truth. Uh, prayer is the Christian's energy. A uh, Prayer this morning is our only plea. If we don't pray, we have no hope whatsoever. Prayer is the only chance uh, of your home, your marriage, your children surviving and staying together. A uh, Prayer is the lifeline of the church. A uh, uh, Prayer is the hope for every sinner. A uh, uh, Prayer is the help for every saint. Uh, if we're not a praying people, as one writer said, we're just a playing people. 
people. And my friend, if there's anything we need, we don't need more plans. We don't need more promotions. We don't need more programs. But we need somebody that'll get a hold of the horns of the altar and get serious in their prayer life this morning. The reason our churches are so full of worldliness and carnality and there's so much apathy and complacency in the house of God is because our prayer closets are full of cobwebs. It's been a long time since some people got a burden to pray. I'm not asking you how many hours a day you pray. I'm not trying to put a yoke around your neck or mine this morning that would defeat us before the sun rose tomorrow. I'm telling you this morning, the simplicity of prayer is just comes down to a sure desire. Do you want to talk to your Father? Do you want to talk to God? Is there an interest in your soul this morning to have a conversation with the Holy? Do you desire His presence? Do you desire to communicate with Him? In a day of social media, when people spend hours, in fact, you can get a church bulletin and you should. Everybody should get a church bulletin and put it in your Bible and go home and pray over everything that's going on in the church. And you ought to get a church bulletin every Sunday. Young people, you need to get a church bulletin and learn to pray at a youthful age over the things that goes on in the church. Pray over everything that we do. And I'll tell you, if you look in the church bulletin, I don't know what the chart looks like, uh, but there's a chart, and I think in that chart it tells uh, how many hours people spend or how much time people spend on social media. Or some people can't live without it, but they can live without prayer. Oh, they, they can't live without their phone. They, they can't go two hours without, without checking something and seeing what's going on in someone else's life and, and seeing what's going on uh, uh, here and there and yonder. But do they pray for those people? I, I'm not putting us on a guilt trip this morning. I, I'm just simply saying uh, if we're going to have revival in 2023, if we're going to raise godly homes in 2023, if we're going to preach with the power of God, uh, if we're going to have a church that's going to have the power of God, uh, we must, uh, we must... Uh, be a praying people this morning. You know, prayer moves backsliders. There's people sitting here this morning. You're as backslid as a billy goat. And the problem is you don't even care. You're, you're so backslid this morning. You could care less if you ever get right with God. I'll tell you, the only thing that's going to move you is somebody praying this morning. I want you to know there is somebody praying for you this morning. You're just one prayer away from getting right with God. You're just one prayer away from revival. You're just one prayer away uh, from getting closer to God. You say, oh, but I've been away from God for a long time in my heart. That may be true, but just one prayer would put you back on the right path. Pathway. God is more interested in drawing nigh to you and me than we are to Him most of the time. God is not up there in heaven wanting us to, play, to pay penance in prayer. He just wants us to pray. Lord, would you teach us to pray? And I see the pattern in verse number 2 and 3 and 4. It's the most simplest pattern. Jesus talks about the reverence of prayer. Our Father which art in heaven. He talks about uh, hallowed be thy name. He talks about the, the rule of prayer. As he said thy kingdom come. Notice this. Thy will be done as in heaven so in earth. And the rule of prayer is not to get my will done on earth. But to get God, or will done in heaven. But to get God's will done on earth. That's the rule of prayer is thy will be done. And there's the resources of prayer. Give us 
us this day our daily bread. There's the repentance and prayer and forgive us our sins. How much we need to pray that in this hour for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. There's the righteousness in prayer, the righteousness to direct us. As he said, lead us not into temptation. The righteousness to deliver us, but deliver us from evil. What I want you to see in those three verses this morning is that Jesus did not give a big, long prayer. He gave a very simple prayer. You know what I would say to us this morning? If you want to learn in the school of prayer, keep it simple. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you think God hears the prayer of a person that makes it difficult and long and excruciating and hard and time-consuming more than he hears the prayer of one that just simply calls out to him? I think there's a good illustration of that in the Bible. Jesus said two men went up to the temple to pray. And one offered all kinds of accolades and things that he had done. But God doesn't answer prayer based on merit. The other one just smote his chest because he knew he was a failure. He knew he'd come up short and all he could cry out was for mercy. And he said, God, he said, have mercy upon me. God said, that man went down to his house justified. I know they'd thank God for men like Mueller and thank God for great men of prayer who spent hours in prayer, but they didn't start out that way. And God is not wanting us uh, listen to allow that to be a defeat in our life. Uh, I'm telling you just like you talk to somebody else. You ought to get up every day and talk to God. You ought to tell Him everything that's in your heart. You ought to tell Him how good He is. Hallowed be Thy name. You ought to ask Him for the needs in your life. You ought to tell Him how sorry you are. Forgive us of our debts. And you ought to ask Him for guidance and direction. That's what Jesus is saying. Magnify the Father. Expose yourself. Ask for your needs. I'm thankful for the simplicity of prayer this morning. Prayer is not about me covering every base. Prayer is about me coming before our Father. The pattern of prayer. Notice the parable of prayer this morning in the school of prayer. Jesus gives a parable here about a friend that comes at midnight in verse 5. And we notice the hour. The Bible said that when, uh, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, look at the time. He comes at midnight. It's an inconvenient time, isn't it? The test, he says, friend... Let me, lend me three loaves. We notice not only the test and the timing of this parable, but the traveler, he said, for a friend of mine is in his journey, has come to me, and here's the trouble, I have nothing to set before him. Notice the man comes to his friend, and he's asking for another friend, but he's not asking for himself. He has a request, but it's not for him, but he comes at an inconvenient hour. He comes at an inconvenient time. We notice here uh, the turning away in verse 7, as he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. Notice as he said, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And now here's the truth. He said, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now in this parable, it is not teaching us. It can teach us the persistence of prayer. But it is not teaching us that the Father 
would be this friend. You say, why would you say that? Because his door is never shut. Because he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Because he turns no one away. And because this morning there's never an inconvenient hour to come to him. You see, this friend is a friend, but he can only do so much. He can only go so far. And what the principle of this text is, is that God is not reluctant, but that God is always ready. His door is always open. It doesn't matter if it's evening, morning, or noon, or at midnight. But the, the, the emphasis is going to be in verse number 13 when he says, how much more this morning? I'm here to tell you, you may inconvenience a lot of people by coming to them, but you'll never inconvenience your father. You may come to some people and knock on the door and the door may be shut. But my friend, the throne room is open this morning. It's a throne of grace and mercy. And you can come boldly, which means to come freely. We have an avenue that we cannot exhaust. We have an area that someone we can go to that will never turn us away. He has a listening ear. He is ready and he wants to hear us if we'll pray. You have something to pray about this morning. Do you have someone to pray about today or for today? Then do that. Take the time, whether it be in the morning time, whether it be in the afternoon. I'm telling you, you can pray on your pillow. You can pray going down the road. You can pray in your living room. You can pray in a secret place. You can pray all alone. You can pray, we can pray collectively. We can pray any time, any hour, any moment, any day, in any situation. I'm telling you, the situation is never too bad that we cannot pray. Listen, in life is never too good that we should not pray. I'm telling you, this morning we have an opportunity and the principle or the parable here is to teach us that God is ever ready to hear us if we'll just pray. David said in Psalm 65 and verse 2, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. And we find here the parable and we see the promise in verse number 9. As he says, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. That asking this morning, as we've seen it in Matthew chapter number 7, ask, seek, and knock. We see that in that little word as we see that acrostic ask, seek, and knock. And asking this morning, uh, listen, it has to do uh, uh, with with the things that we have need of ask and it shall be given you this morning. I'm telling you that may have to do this morning very well uh, with answers. Uh, As we ask, uh, seeking has to do uh, this morning uh, uh, with avenues uh, as we seek Him and then knock Uh, my friend has to do uh, uh, with the assessments of life uh, uh, things that we uh, my friend are looking and searching and and, uh, needing answers for this morning uh, uh, God lays it out very clear for everyone I like that don't you he didn't just say son but he said for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to uh, to him that knocketh it shall be open I'm telling you you're in that verse there God said everyone uh, no one is secluded. God has no special children this morning. If you're willing to ask, He is willing to give an answer this morning. Are we willing to ask? What hinders us from prayer? 
Is it our time? Is it this morning our sins? Is it our own flesh? Is it unbelief this morning? I want to say the good news is that you can climb over every bit of that in the closet of prayer. I like what one man said to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Just the sheer honesty. Just coming before him. And you know what Jesus did? He answered a man that had faith and unbelief at the same time. You say, why would he do that? Because his faith overcame his unbelief. You say, how do you know that? Because he went to the one that could answer. You see, sometimes we pray about things that we wonder, will God do this? Can, uh, will God answer this prayer? We have doubt. Uh, I don't see no way that God could do this. I don't see no, no, no avenue that God could do this. And that unbelief said, see, uh, but faith overcomes that unbelief the very moment that you take that burden to the Lord and you leave it there. You may not know the outcome. You may not know what God will do. But the very fact that you would pray about it is enough to say to God that you exercise enough faith for God to do something on your behalf. I want to tell you this morning everything that we pray about it takes faith. Isn't that right? And God gives every man a measure of faith. Anything that you're willing to lay before your father is my friend an act of faith in the father's eyes no matter how big it may be no matter how impossible it may look. If you're willing to pray about it, God's willing to listen to it this morning. I'm telling you the school of prayer teaches us the promise of prayer that God has given us a promise that he'll hear and he'll answer our prayer. Oftentimes we just live below our privileges because we have not because we ask not. This morning you may be needing answers. And answers sometimes can drive you crazy, can't they? They will cause fear, worry, doubt, even confusion to set in. And do you know what overcomes every bit of that? Prayer. There's an old song that says, I'll talk to my Father for you. You know, a lot of times the very thing, just talking to people, doesn't it make you feel better? Sometimes people will share a burden and, and they'll lay a burden before you. And really, the whole time I'm thinking, I don't have anything to say to them. I don't have no answers for what they're going through. But oftentimes they'll say, Preacher, thank you for listening. It, it helped me. I didn't give them no answers because I, I don't have the answers. But a listening ear sometimes relieves the heart. And I can't give people peace. Do you know the same thing is true about God? When you tell Him how you feel, when you tell Him what you're going through, when you lay it out before Him and you give Him the burden, the burden gets off of you and the burden comes on Him and God has no burden. That's why the Bible said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and He shall sustain you. I'll tell you what God will do. He may lift the burden or He may let the burden be there. But either way, when you cast that burden on Him, you know what happens in prayer? He sustains you. The problem may still be there. The burden may still be there. How to you God gives you a stability in the middle of that valley. He gives you a stability in the middle of that situation that goes beyond, uh, listen, our own comprehension. And the power comes through prayer this morning. The promise. And then here's the principle. Jesus brings it down to a simple close in verse 11. And I like what he says. He talks about a son because we are the sons of God if we're saved. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is, his, that is a father, 
Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks an egg, will he give, offer him a scorpion? The answer to those questions is why no. If any loving father would grant the request of his son, because number one, these are needs. He's asking for bread. He's asking for fish. He's asking for egg. He's not asking for a wolf. He's asking for a need. And the father always wants to meet the needs of his children. Is that true this morning? Our children may not get everything they want, but I think every parent here this morning would say they have everything that they need. Because you'll give of your own self to meet their need. You'll go without so that their need is met. It is your responsibility. It's your delight. It's your desire to make sure that the needs of your children are met. God put that in every one of you and one of us. Why did God do that? Because it's in Him this morning. God is going to meet the need of His children. He doesn't want us to suffer and do without. We may go through suffering in this life, but even David said, Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. If God's got to get it out of the bottom of an empty barrel, if God's got to grow water out of a rock, I'm telling you, if he's got to part the Red Sea, he'll do whatever he has to to meet your need and to meet my need. God will climb all over hell. God will push it out of the way. God will stay the enemy back to meet the need in our life. You know why? Because he loves us, thank God, and he cares for us, and he wants to help us. I'm glad I have a God in heaven as she sung about. He is a refuge. He is a strength. He is a help. Whenever I can, He can. Whenever I want, He will. Whenever I'm out, He's full. I'm telling you, when I can't pick up myself up, He picks me up and He carries me and He helps me along life's way. And He's only a prayer way this morning. We don't have revival because God don't want to send revival. We all have revival because people are not interested in it. You know why we had revival this week? Because people were interested. You know when God meets with us? When we come to meet with Him. He's not showing up where He's not welcomed. He's not coming where He's not wanted. He's a perfect gentleman. He's not storming the door of our heart. He, he's not going to just sweep over the congregation. I'll tell you, the Bible said to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and to be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. The Bible said in the book of Psalms that God inhabits the praises of his people. He's going to show up where people want him. He's going to show up where he's welcomed when we push away the distractions, when we set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth when we cry out to him he said if my people which are called by my name if they'll just humble themselves and pray and seek my face it's that simple God said I'll hear from heaven I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land I'm telling you this morning God still has a listening ear his ear is not heavy and his hand does not shorten if we will pray this morning if we'll pray I ask you this morning, how long has it been since you prayed? I'm not here this morning to, to measure my prayer life to yours or yours to mine. If you're like the average Christian this morning, I don't want anybody to know my prayer life. There are some that may boast about it. 
But what's interesting about this text is that the disciples had seen the Pharisees pray. They had heard them pray. They loved, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, to stand in the, on the corner of the streets. And they would make these long prayers that they might be heard. And all the while, they never asked a Pharisee to teach them how to pray. But Jesus, with five loaves and two fishes in his hands, would break the bread and pray a simple prayer and things would happen. They saw a, a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus who said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he touched his eyes and he healed him. They saw what prayer could do. And this morning, I want to tell you today, I'm no authority, and neither are you, but I bet we could all testify together we've seen what prayer can do. How many of us this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but with a good amen, you've seen what prayer can do. Prayer can turn the tide. Prayer can change the situation. Prayer can put the enemy on the run. Prayer can rescue that wayward child, that, that prodigal son or daughter or grandchild this morning. I'm telling you, prayer can send revival to the church. Prayer can meet the need. Prayer can pay the bill. Prayer can give wisdom. Prayer can give direction. Prayer can open a door that no man can open. And can my friends shut a door that no man can shut? A prayer can see you through the storm. A prayer can get you through the valley. A prayer can get you over the next hilltop. A prayer will see you through the desert times of life. A prayer will be a cold drink of water in a dry, thirsty land. A prayer will move the heart of God and move the heart of man. That's what prayer can do this morning. I'm telling you this morning, I'm not an authority, but thank God a prayer still works. It still gets the job done. And if God would hear the feeble prayer of somebody like me and somebody like you, then we know that God is a merciful and compassionate God. This morning, before I give this invitation, wouldn't it be wonderful if every person in this building that was lost got saved this morning? Wouldn't it be wonderful if every backslid church member willingly, not because of 40 verses of just as I am, not because the preacher put some pressure on you, but willingly got on this altar this morning and with a broken and contrite spirit, said, God, I want to get right with you. I want to get right with you. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Father, please save the lost. Please touch the cold heart of the backslid this morning. A thousand words I could say would never move them. But God, this morning, you long for them to just come, to just simply come. You want to see them come this morning. Lord, help them to come. As we stand this morning.